0: Welcome to the Simple Cocktails Podcast. I'm Greg Mays, Managing Editor of SimpleCocktails.net.
1: And I'm Lisa Mays. Thanks for tuning in. This is the last one from Tales of the Cocktail.
0: That's right. We, we aren't even allowed to say the phrase Tales of the Cocktail for another year. We
1: will not. We promise. It's w- getting locked in the vault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're banning ourselves from saying the phrase. Right. So uh hopefully this has been enjoyable, though, for you guys. Uh, this is one we're looking forward to because it's someone who has gone from superhero book author to friend, uh, and that's Fred Minnick, who is kind of a giant authority on bourbon. And I, I sort of bring that to his attention as we interview him on this episode. Right. Another thing we need to say to you, I think is important before we start this episode. Right. Remember how we used to do simple cocktails with friends?
1: We did. That was like we two used months to have ago friends. That was
0: two months ago. <laughs> We're going back to that. Right. So this is this is the final sort of tales episode. We're gonna put a button on it. We're going right back to the studio with Larry and Susie. We're going to do simple cocktails with friends all over again. Now that the summer is over, right. we're back to the regular. This is schedule. the
1: last of the obscured podcasting. So
0: that's that's a we'll great way to of our, putting it. Our
1: normal programming. That, the,
0: the, back to our scheduled programming. Right. Good for you, Lisa. I want to transition to you. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about you and your books and your forthcoming book. You and I met at Tales last year. It's
2: uh, first of all, I've always been a fan of. We've always liked, like like traded barbs and stuff on twitter and facebook and all that we've we've always been friends there so
0: well you know so you don't know this but one of my biggest regrets last year at Tales, i'm walking around with this recorder interviewing everybody and then all i did with you is like hey fred good to meet you all right see you later (laughs) you know it's like "What,
1: what have i done yeah
0: and then i read and then bourbon curious came out which i can't stop talking about to be really honest, I would have you sign my copy, but I've given away like three copies. I oh. buy it, I give it to a friend, I buy it, I give that's it to another friend. That's very kind of you. So that's,
2: that's the greatest compliment you could pay an author. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> you're pushing it like religion. Yeah, you really are. If you you're going to be my friend, my you need to read one this friend back.
2: You know, I've been wondering when they're going to come out with a fingerprint signature on Kindle, yeah, you know, know, or something oh, like that. Right. That's a good idea. That's so suave. But, <laughs> yeah, but the book industry is not very good with, you know, doing things that make sense, so...
0: You did this amazing job with Bourbon Curious where you walked a line of incredibly technical and very well-researched information that's totally accessible. Like I couldn't play dumb after reading Bourbon Curious. It was like, and now I'm completely clear on where these major brands are are made. My big revelation, it was like fall out of my chair revelation, is get to the cinnamon forward whiskey Mm -hmm. section and like, That's all the whiskeys I like. So then it was like that. The the couple in the back, I haven't had those yet. I gotta go track them down. So thanks for the book because it's incredibly well researched. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. So now you've got a new one coming out. Yeah, you dropped the curious. Now it's just bourbon.
2: Yeah, it's it's bourbon: the rise, fall, and rebirth of an American whiskey. And bourbon curious was a tasting guide, and and that was that was the. The, the, I was actually kind of coaxed into writing Bourbon Curious. Okay. My publishers wanted me – they said, we want you to do a tasting guide. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do a tasting guide. Like, you know, I do, I taste and all that, but I, I don't want to do a tasting guide because mm-hmm. there's so many out there. And then we ended up coming to kind of like a compromise. I was like, all right, but well, you have to let me put in things like barrel entry proof mm-hmm. and where they're getting their barrels and the types of greens they're using. I, that was my compromise with them. Nice. And and I said I I want to really really do a history mm-hmm. and it was like I'm like okay and yeah. so and that's what bourbon uh, this new book coming out is is really the book I wanted to write you know I've been wanting to write for ten years mm-hmm. and in my in my process of uh, researching things I I find a lot and so it's it's a never ending process you know to find things and one of the things that have always fascinated me is, like, who created the first bourbon? Yeah. And um, That's the promise of the book, right? Yeah. Well, that is the the promise of, like, what we... You know, what is put out there. Yeah. You know, a better way to put it is, like, you know, who's the true father of bourbon? Mm -hmm. Well, what was bourbon in, say, 1789? Well, it was non-existent, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But I found a guy who was... Distilling in the area of Elijah Craig around the same time, and he's always been a noted distiller. I think that's the guy who should get the credit. Nice. Now it's not he's he's always been listed in the in kind of the the encyclopedias of of certain counties and what have you, but he's never really gotten much credit, and and that's what kind of that's the first chapter. I okay. mean, and so like you know the the entire book's You're not, not giving about giving away the ending. You know,
0: yeah. I was like, "Don't give it away." Not yeah. Well, thanks, Greg. I, I, I,
2: I, I had you—you you caught me there. I was probably going to, but, uh, but so you know, the—that's really the first chapter. But after that, I mean, a lot of bourbon has been has been uh, a lot of the history has has been about you know what the distillers have told people. I actually dug into uh, copious amounts of uh, legislation, testimony, and uh, internal letters. I found a, a lot of things, the, and I'm very proud of the research I did, especially in the medicinal whiskey history chapter, uh, and like what the distillers went through uh, during medicinal whiskey to, to make that happen. One, one of my favorite finds was that the Rye distillers were selling their stocks to Bahamas, and and to connect one of my other books, uh, Whiskey Women, uh, there was a uh, the, the queen of the bootleggers was in Bahamas. So she was buying the the uh, the rye stocks prior to prohibition and then later reselling them into America, you know, for boot, to like uh, Bill McCoy. But the bourbon distillers were trying to negotiate with Cuba. And one of the things that they had said was like, uh, we want to age our barrels there. Uh, during prohibition and be completely legal at the time and the Cubans said okay you have to pay us $12.50 per barrel for for that time that was a lot of money and the American distillers said no we're not doing that and so they were stuck with all of these barrels of bourbon and they had no idea what they were going to do with them and it was kind of vaguely written in the law that uh, medicinal whiskey would be used uh, for prohibition but it was not absolute and they had to fight for it. And in fact, not all states allowed medicinal whiskey. Like Indiana and West Virginia uh, were bone dry states, and they didn't allow them to prescribe mes- medicinal whiskey there. And so they had to constantly fight to, you know, allow medicinal whiskey to be used in, in certain states. And then distillers were also constantly being, uh, uh, you know, bothered by the Treasury Agency. They were. They were chasing them down, and you know, and catching them when they were making legal deliveries, and saying like, "Well, we heard this was a bootleg operation." Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, you had a lot of uh, Treasury agents who were inside with bootleggers, and the bootlegger's biggest competition was the uh, you know the legal distillery. So it was a uh, it, it was a fascinating time for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Very cool. The, the book is is
0: beautiful. I, Thank the first you. First time I opened it, I was like. Lisa, every page is color. <laughs> There's color photos all throughout the thing. So, yeah, really cool. Just a li- really cool looking layout, and just a, a good looking book. And and you know, well, I got to
2: give the photos. kudos there to my publisher Quarto. They're a great they're a great company to work with, and they have a great design team. And you know, I I can't take any credit for the layout other than some of the photos.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I have my so I'm holding the my sort of preview sort of copy Mm -hmm. when the fall it's coming out right any specific day
2: uh i would say september 15th is probably when you can get it in the store
0: okay very good well i'm i'm honored to have a uh, little peek Mm -hmm. of this yeah i I was so
2: stoked to see that you got an advanced copy because yeah yeah, like i said i don't really know who gets those (laughs) only important people only important people (laughs) it's the people
0: who rant and rave about the last one that get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, hey, let's talk Albuquerque. So you brought that up. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. You got yeah. an Albuquerque connection. What's that?
2: <laughs> so uh, my wife actually lived in Albuquerque, uh, and then she she went to acupuncture school in, in Santa Fe. But oh. uh, we uh, she took me down there some time ago, and uh, I developed this incredible passion for for the food there yeah. and uh and we're we're going to take my son there to go see the balloons um you know I, when is that august. When august. in august so, october. october october yeah right as it starts cooling off so we're, we're we'll do that probably when he's at a good level to to appreciate we won't go up in one that, yes, that, that yeah. would scare the crap out of me <laughs> right. but um, we have the
1: hendrix one that yeah. floats around we always oh, see one liquor company yes. oh that's and so tenders. cool
2: and they
0: make bloody
2: mary's in it i think oh yeah five in the morning yeah, yeah. maybe maybe i go then <laughs> <laughs> but um, i'm definitely we're, we're going to take him there one day and uh but i am a a, a passionate lover of Carney out oh, like really? like we actually i have someone who goes down and gets me uh red chilies and melts them back to me yeah. wow. and then i'll hang him out in my you know at my door in louisville oh, kentucky dad. and people are like what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Well, you that know. Weird stuff
0: that man,
1: is old the school. Uh, my parents used clamps. to do that. Yeah, we used to put it on top of our uh the roof. I learned very oh, quickly uh. that you shouldn't rub your eyes after you pick those things. Oh out. no, 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 no. I or if you're a kid, too. <laughs> you there, there
2: are other things you don't do, but that's right. a big yeah, one. Don't yeah. Go yeah. Pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's
0: all right. It's a podcast.
1: We and that's, as crude as we yeah, I have two little boys and that's probably the reason why I'm never gonna dry my own chili. Yeah. Yeah. Never.
2: Well we we actually still have our own uh uh, we have some of our own dust that we we created from that. week. Yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, we haven't gotten uh, some chilies in a couple of years, so I'm kind of. I think we're probably due. Yeah, um, you have and a bootleg connection now. Nice. I, s- so, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have be your sending books, you and some you hatchle. can have our chilies. Yeah. <laughs> you guys grow chili? No, I mean just our like ah, the, right. the Grand New Mexico hour. I can't
2: tell you how much <laughs> how much passion I have for that flavor. Really? Like yeah. if I had to pick, like you know. There are a few dishes that you constantly think about, carne adovada is on top five dishes I'm always wow. thinking about. So it's like that flavor profile, the texture and the feel against the time. It's just it's just so awesome. I'm kicking
1: myself that my mother or I didn't I didn't like make my mother teach me that because this yeah. would be the perfect segue to say Fred, are you yeah. going to come to my house and
2: tell, and, <laughs> and taste <laughs> my carne adovada? Yeah. Well, now you
0: have till October to
1: figure okay. out. Okay, well maybe that. Well, can the funny thing happen. when I when <laughs> I first
2: tasted it, I was like, oh. I I don't like this. This isn't because I had in my mind that this is supposed to be like Mexican food, right. you know, like that style. I'm like, I don't like this because it's not like Mexican food. No. And then when I tasted the second time, I was like, oh, this is a completely different world. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> style. And it's like since then, it's, I, I, it's, it's been it's been awesome. In fact, as soon as I get home, I'm uh, going to ask Jacqueline to make some carne adivada. Mm-hmm. But Little Nita is where we get it. And yeah. Albu- it's like our favorite place yeah. there. So.
1: So maybe if I can't come up with a good yes. recipe maybe we can take you to our favorite yeah, Mexican restaurant which is literally yeah. a hole in the wall. Yeah. And uh, you can get some really embarrassing I don't know what, what do you call called? them they're I don't not know Marys. but they put like huge beef jerky and
0: yeah,
1: yeah. like <laughs> three
0: slabs of beef jerky in them. Yeah, and they come in giant mugs like those big twenty-two ounce German beer mugs.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I like
2: this place.
1: Yeah. Just just so you could take a picture with it,
2: you know. Yeah, I makeup. mean, I love beef, <laughs> so that they're after my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's great talking to you. Appreciate oh, such you a pleasure down with us and carving out some time. And yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll let you guys know when I when I'm coming down. And, uh, I'd love to bring my little boy because you know the balloon glow is you know special stuff. Yeah. We they have a balloon glow for uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And I took Jacqueline to it. and It's probably the largest or second largest in Kentucky, and she kind of just laughed at it. <laughs> and, I, and she's like, "Oh, this is nothing. Yeah. You know, this is nothing." <laughs> All they
0: have, they just have those few. <laughs> they That's just have thirty. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When it's like ten times that in in Albuquerque, yeah, sure. if not more. You're the so you're the official bourbon guy. You just reminded me of the Derby.
2: Yeah, of, of uh, the What's Kentucky... What's your title? I don't know your title. Uh, they gave me the title uh, Bourbon Authority for the Kentucky Derby Museum. Wow. So, like, That's super I... Super impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, I... You know, titles are created by people with much higher pay grades than me. But, uh, basically, what I do there, is I have an annual s- seminar session with, like, legends of the, of the bourbon industry. And we do this... Uh, Kind of like a sit down, like a like what we're doing here, uh, like a Larry King style of like a back and forth. And we taste their whiskey. And I ask them hard questions. You know, I don't just you know, our audience is typically bourbon geeks. And I, I don't just let them uh, fly by with like, a, oh, well, our learns this and our learns that. I ask them like, um, why did you drop that age statement? Um, right. Why did you lower the proof? you know and then I, I kind of hold their feet to the fire a little bit on some of that stuff. And it's not it, it's not so bad where the distillers would never will stop coming, but it gives the audience a little bit of uh, appreciation for the microscope that I've been trying to put on bourbon for you know 10 years. Yeah. and that's that's really what it's about. And uh, I also do like hosted bars like I do like corporations will hire me to do you know, give them a quick lesson on bourbon uh, and, and do a tasting with them and, and it's it's so much fun. I've I've had a lot of really high level people come through there. It's it's a lot of fun. I and enjoy it so much. you at
0: the, the museum?
2: Yeah, I do it I do it at the museum. Um, I can also be brought anywhere in the country that to, do, to, awesome. do, to do something. I, can, so. I
0: imagine every awesome company in the world has a bourbon lecture <laughs> occasionally. It's
2: amazing how many people don't drink and how many people are afraid from an insurance perspective. Yeah. They, don't, or they don't want to do it. Oh, yeah.
0: That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. Insurance doesn't sound like fun. Bourbon
2: is fun. That's right. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, thanks for sitting down, Fred, and we'll catch up to you soon. Oh,
2: my pleasure. Cheers
1: awesome so good to get to talk to him so good that he took the time to let us rush into his room and sit and talk to him for a good half hour
0: yeah it was very good so we hope you enjoyed that we will see you next week with larry and Susie, and we will continue on with simple cocktails with friends i'm greg mays managing editor of SimpleCocktails.net,
1: and i'm lisa mays remember to check us out on facebook twitter instagram and snapchat thanks for tuning in guys cheers